Good evening to you and yours. It is Saturday, November 25th at 9.01 p.m. I am giving you a delayed reaction post-game uh, following Purdue's fourth win of the season. They're 4-8 and eight to end it. No bowling this year, but got to see a fun bucket game, or parts of it were fun. It was great to be in ross today. I will say that. It was a, it was a fun uh, afternoon. Had a mini BS uh, summit, which is always great to see my pals. Um, got to see the next generation uh, as well, which is great. Uh, Jay's, <coughs> Jay's son, Jack, was in town. It was awesome. Anish was there with his brother. I was there with my family. Um, man, good day. Good day. And uh, before I dig into everything too much, I, I just want to say a note because I've gone on Twitter. I tried to skin over things. I tried to stay off Twitter today and just kind of enjoy everything for what it was because the, the game well, it didn't have the type of fireworks that you'd love to, uh, especially for, what, three quarters of the game that you love to talk about. Kind of some bad plays. You know, there's some good stuff on defense. You got, you got to see Dylan Thieneman have two interceptions in the first half. Got to see Cam Allen pull down a nearly impossible interception. Um, uh, Nick Scorton and uh, Kieran Jenkins were were both solid at times, but Purdue Purdue allowed IU to move the ball a little bit too early. Couldn't move the ball a lot on offense for much of the, well, a lot of the really a lot of the first half especially. <clears throat> but I I got on Twitter and I'm amazed there are there aren't a lot of them okay, but there are a lot of people that I say I think they're just unhappy people, and they're gloating that they didn't they didn't watch and they didn't go to the game. And if you're one of those people and you happen to tune in right now, I'm sorry you're upset and, and life sucks and you feel like that's a way to propel yourself and make yourself feel better on social media. It, it doesn't make any damn sense. And you lose out on this, by the way. It was a great afternoon. If you love college football, it wasn't the best college football game. But here's the deal. If you love college football and you're a Boilermaker, Purdue winning the bucket game is fun. Being in Rossade when it's nearly full is fun. Being in any college football stadium in the fall, almost any of them, is a damn good time. And so I don't understand why people would brag about such a thing. I just don't get it. <clears throat> That's how you get off. Whatever. Um, I'm going to talk about um, my thoughts on the game and the things that that I saw, but before I do it, let me let me thank uh, our pals at Home Field Apparel. Head over to homefieldapparel.com, pick up a sweatshirt, a t-shirt, uh, whatever you'd like. They've got a whole bunch of cool stuff. Black Friday, enter Black Friday for 20% off until, I think, tomorrow morning. I think. I'm not positive when that ends. Sorry. I'm not great on the ad copy, but after that, if that doesn't work, you can fall back on the 15% off you'll get if you enter Boiled 23. That's a pretty good deal, too. And they have great stuff. Literally, I was talking about Home Field and their gear with my friends while we were sitting around the table at AJ's after the game. If you follow us on Twitter, you'll see it legit. It's legit. It happened. Our pal Adam hooked us up. Absolutely. We had a, a nice reserve table in the corner. Uh, we had uh, some great conversations with people around us. Everybody was happy. Place was bumping. Uh, his his the, his great staff there got food out quickly. We had 
mac and cheese bites, of course. We had the pretzels, which I love. We had uh, mozzarella cheese sticks. We had a lot of apps to start, and then we got some burgers. Some people had some Italian beef. There were some brews. I had. I love Triple X's uh, root beer. They serve that, too. That's on tap, which is great if you're a teetotaler or if you just want to have some delicious root beer, whatever. We had a great time at AJ's, and I suggest when you're on campus the next time, head over to AJ's on Vine. Burgers, beef, beer, that's AJ's. So let's get back. Let's talk to the game. Talk about the game. Like I said, Purdue is 4-8 on this season. It is not the season that I was hoping for. I thought they'd win five games. I think the difference between four and five is one. See, I'm joking. No, I think the difference between four and five wins might be a slightly better feeling as you walk away from the season. But I will say, as a good friend of mine who was sitting with me in our ticket block was saying, and this, this game matters. The bucket matters for this team. It matters for the fan base in that we walk away feeling feeling a little bit more positive, a little bit more positive. You don't have to be wearing gold-colored glasses to um, to say you really want to beat your rival, right? Um, this isn't a this isn't a thing where there's a deep hatred right now for IU football because the bucket stays in West Lafayette most of the time. It stayed home. There was no dramatic going across and having to rip it out of the opponent's bench or out of the box that was there. There was none of that. And you just kind of grab it because it's on your bench because it belongs in West Lafayette. So Purdue keeps the bucket. They win 35-31. Uh, to 31. Like I said, there was some bad football at times. In fact, at one point, one of the worst parts of the game, and I understand uh, – why some might say, well, that's tough to stick through. And I got to tell you, you Ross Aid fans, you Purdue faithful that were in the stadium. As Anish said, as he, you know, it's like the sickos committee on Twitter. They're a bunch of sickos. Everybody's sick. And we're awesome, though, for it. Like, great showing by the Purdue fans. Great showing. I mean, it was, that's a lot of people there for a season that's ending in four wins. That's an incredible showing. Hats off to everybody. The, the, the students showed up a little late. I mean, it's a noon kickoff. Give them a break. They showed up a little late, but when they were there, they were in force. It was fun. And I got to sit in the student section for a little while with, with Jay's son. That was cool. That was fun because he's a young guy, young kid. He's eighth grader. He said, do you think I could pass for a freshman? I said, oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I said, let's go sit in there together. So we, we stood in the... Uh, uh, what the south end zone and uh, enjoyed being in there. It's a great view. I took a picture from the south end zone to demonstrate how great the stadium looked in a nearly full state with all of you knuckleheads that are here with me. I'm sure some of you are, are watching, listening. I see Ava Helvey's here. Her and her sister were in the were in the house in Rossade. Two big fans right there. And so, yeah, if you were there, you got to enjoy the show. It was a fun. It was a fun game. And the guy who was put on the phone, uh, the the show in the first half, of course, was Dylan Thieneman. Two interceptions, relatively quick. And at the same time, you had two offensive play, offenses playing tickle fight at some point. Six straight possessions between IU and Purdue end in punt. That's pretty lousy football. That's not that fun. And at one point, I think you had. I think I'm not positive about this. I can't find the statistical backing. Um, there were no third down conversions deep into the first quarter, if not into the second quarter. Things started going a little bit for IU. They started figuring some things out. But it, what it really felt like more than anything was Purdue was not taking advantage of 
of good situations. They were not playing com- complimentary football. The offense was not with the defense. It was frustrating to watch. The same problems that the offense has had for many times this season with uninventive, uh, lousy, let's just call it lousy play calling. Uh, it, was, it was absolutely on display for a big chunk of that game. But there were also two or three play calls by, uh, by Graham Harrell that were brilliant, flat-out brilliant stuff. Uh, I think it's the beginning of the fourth quarter, end of third, third quarter. Purdue has a fourth down and about a foot. Um, this has been, I don't know if you've paid attention to this, but getting, uh, getting short yardage, needing the first down, third and short, fourth and short, third and goal, fourth and goal, all season has been a thorn in Graham Harrell's offensive side. Well, this time what he decided to do, he dialed something up that it wasn't really exotic. It was just clever and clean. It was very easy. He, you fake the run up into the line with a HUD card, just ducking down on the line, make it look like he's going to try to get behind the line and get pushed in. And then uh, Devin Mockaby releases on the left side, dump it nice and easy over the top, and he gone. That was it. Great play call, simple play call, uh, really, really good play call. I have given Graham Harrell crap when he's deserved it, and he has deserved it a lot. That was a good play call. The other really, really great play call was the deep shot they took with Deion Burks down the left side. If you watch the media comments afterwards, Burks comments, the coaches knew the way IU was playing Burks. They knew that we were bracketing, and they pretty much said, okay, if we can beat that first guy with just a little shake, a little shimmy, that corner will bite, and then you only have to beat the uh, safety. And he really didn't have to beat him. And then, the, as Coach Walter said, Dion had a little problem this week dropping the ball. Uh, he he was, uh, and they had worked on that play. And so Dion made sure he caught it, and he dove when he really didn't need to. If you watch that play again, uh, it, I don't think he's so fast he could have run under that ball. But he made sure he caught it. He. My brother thinks he was, and I didn't hear Dion say this, but I think there's probably some truth to this, that he also made sure he had his feet in bounds, even though he was well in bounds. He was just making sure everything worked. Uh, so he dragged his feet, and I think he was probably a couple yards in bounds, a yard in bounds at least. I got, I got to go watch the tape myself. I will watch that right after I get off here with you guys. But that was a big call. Purdue had some decent play calling today. You just need it to be the whole game. You can't just do it in fits and starts. You can't wait for the game to come to you for that long because if you do versus a good team, as we've seen, the hole is already dug. Here's what Purdue needs, and I'll keep saying the same thing. Purdue needs to do something. Graham Harrell needs to be more inventive. He needs to be more innovative. He's got to... um, He's got to do some things with movement before the line. One thing I saw today that I really love to see is we saw a lot more movement before the line for the defense. That was great. That was awesome. Um, Purdue was doing things where they were putting guys in a position, a different position to make big plays. Uh, we saw a rare Dylan Thieneman mistake, though, in one of those plays where I think he came up and he was in coverage and um, he missed a tackle. IU got a little bit of a, a, a longer game than they should have. But... Um, there are a couple missed opportunities, I'd say, on the defense. Uh, Zion Steptoe, um, he – I hope I got that first name right. I know it's him, Steptoe. I think it's Zion. Um, but Steptoe had a, um, had a play where uh, it was – Sorcy, I think is his name, the IU quarterback, does not throw a hard ball about half the time he throws. He just kind of floats it out there. Steptoe is so worried about making sure his, 
his technique is right, especially when he's chasing a guy, guy deep, that he won't break on the ball. And uh, he had a couple that he probably could have broken on and uh, come up with an interception or two himself. Um, maybe you guys know which the play I'm talking about early. One specifically was up the middle, very deep ball. Um, but Steptoe could have gotten to it. He could have gotten to it. He's quick enough. He's a good enough athlete. But he's so worried about just being a corner, right? That's a new role for him that, uh, yeah, he's not – He's not playing uh, loose and natural, if you will, but really positive. Steptoe and Rodgers both played better games. Rodgers specifically has gotten picked on. Steptoe was getting picked on early, uh, early but they both kind of settled in and um, and had pretty good games. Let me look at the um, let me look at the the stats for today. Hud Card completed like just over sixty percent of his passes, twenty one of thirty four, two hundred seventy five yards, three touchdowns, zero picks, and then. He carried the ball 12 times, 85 yards, 7.1 yards a carry, a touchdown there too. Now that's a damn good game. And we've talked about Hudkart is a solid quarterback generally. You know, like his stats are solid. Today, if you don't appreciate Hudson Card, you need to understand the nature of his injury. He had a cracked rib. He still has a cracked rib. Left side cracked rib. And you could see it when he got up on certain plays. He didn't want to do a whole bunch with that. Walter says after the game, when you talk to Hudson, after he comes off the, the field, we'll say, how you feeling? He says, I'm fine. Does, he doesn't want to talk about it. He just wants to get back in there and play. But a cracked rib, it's no joke. Uh, he was getting hit a lot. He was still calling his own number. You could tell at times he didn't really want to do that, but he was still doing it. And, and man, he is elusive. He had a couple plays in the fourth quarter that kept drives going that were just incredible. He's done this a couple times this year where they're pretty eye-popping. And if you didn't really gather what he was doing, I would highly suggest go back, watch some, uh, watch some highlights of this, and watch a longer highlight. I always say I don't have any affiliation with the Matt Loves Ball uh, feed on YouTube, but it is a great follow because the – the games, the highlights are, are posted almost immediately after game's over. My son says it's some algorithm. The guy's figured some things out, which is awesome. But it is a great watch. You can watch the entire game in 30 minutes. And it's, it's pretty much everything you need to see if you're, if you're, you know, you just want to watch the good stuff and the bad stuff. It's all you'll need to see. But if you want to go back and watch it on DVR, you're more than welcome. But it's, it's a great feed. So Hudson Card, Awesome. Running the ball, awesome. Passing the ball. Also, Tyrone Tracy and uh, Devin Mockaby, they hit some really good plays. They weren't given a whole bunch of time. I don't think it was the best game for the offensive line from a uh, run-blocking standpoint. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't make the space that I thought they would versus IU. IU was tough, especially in the first half. Um, they, were, they were penetrating. They were getting in Purdue's backfield all day. Um, but Tyrone Tracy, though, in the second half, his patience really paid off, and his style of running, the way he waits for something to open, and then he attacks fast, um, very beneficial. He had 11 rushes, 48 yards, four and a half carry, four and a half yards of carry. Like I said, Maccabee, 18 uh, for 42. Um, even Downing had uh, a good run late. Very good to see. Downing played well on special teams. He played with a little bit of agitation and aggression, if you watch that. Love seeing it. Uh, you saw some new faces. Uh, on the receiving side, we saw uh, Jaron Tibbs. Again, I think that's the second or third game where he's had a catch. He had three catches. Uh, he's the kid out of Cathedral. I went to Cathedral, so I, that has my attention. Whenever Purdue gets a guy from Cathedral, I'm not a big Cathedral fan, but 
Uh, it's nice to see a kid from Cathedral there. Um, Maccabee, of course, had that long single 38-yard touchdown. Um, George uh, Byrne, I think is the way they pronounce it, spelled Burhan. But he's a, he's a tight end, kind of a, um, he's a, I think he's number 81, I believe if I remember correctly. But he's a lean tight end right now. He's a great athlete. He's good in the open field. He catches a lot. He didn't play hardly at all this season, but he had five receptions, 74 yards. He 15 yards reception with a touchdown. And um, he's just a good athlete, and he's going to be fun. He's going to put on a couple pounds this offseason, and he's going to be a really, really good weapon for Card and company next year. On the bad time uh, side, the negative side, Garrett Miller left on a cart. I think it was his other knee, not his surgically repaired I think his right knee was the one that had the girder brace on coming in from the old injury, and I think he hurt his left. I'm not positive. I, that's one thing I didn't hear anybody talk about, but that's lousy news. But then you had another, um, you know, Drew Bieber, Bieber, Bieber. He had a reception too. So you have these young guys stepping up, doing their thing. Uh, Jaden Dixon-Veal had a couple receptions. That's, a, that's another young guy, another freshman. His family usually sits right in front of us, uh, like, I mean, lower, but in our section. Nice to see that. Um, the receivers, <clears throat> to me, next year, next year, we can start officially looking forward to next year. They need another one or two receivers that can that can make some noise. I'm not just saying possession receivers. I think you need another guy to take some of that weight off of Burke's shoulders as the burner, as the guy who's the playmaker. You, you have a lot of guys in here that can play solid, I think. Um, I think Tibbs has big upside. I think Veal could be somebody who becomes a little more dynamic as he gets older. I think he's already got good athleticism, but he could be a lot like Sheffield. Sheffield, if you don't know, uh, decided he's going to he's going to transfer. Unusual timing to do that right before senior day, because I think he could have walked through as a senior. I believe. I, I don't know anything anymore with eligibility. But I think he could have walked through as a senior. Instead, he decided to announce that he was leaving. And I always liked Sheffield. I thought he was a likable guy. I, I thought he made some boneheaded plays at times, but he always seemed to be busting his ass. But he's gone. He's not a boilermaker anymore. It's too bad. But Purdue is still missing a couple guys, a couple pieces in that wide receiver core. They, they're going to need that to, to make some more noise. And I think some of these guys are showing that they could – they could really do some big things next year. On the defensive side of the ball, Dylan Thieneman, again, I hope we're not already taking this guy for granted. He is extremely special. He ends the season with six interceptions after the two in the first half. He had eight tackles. I believe he needed three to pass Rod Woodson all-time as, I think, the most tackles ever as a freshman, I believe. He got eight. That's incredible. That is such rare error. He blew past uh, Stu Swigert, I think, a couple weeks ago. Stu Swigert was a great freshman and a safety. And Rod Woodson, a tremendous, obviously one of the best players ever at Purdue, one of the best players ever in the history of the NFL. And Dylan Thieneman, you are in that class of player at Purdue, and the upside is huge. When you hear people talk about his work ethic and what he's all about, it's pretty, pretty impressive. Nick Scorton uh, finishes with six total tackles, two sacks, and one of those sacks. I'm glad I choose to read this off this way. Scorton absolutely blew up the last play of the game for IU. IU was coming down. It looked like they, um, I mean, it was a lot like the Fresno State game, very much like the Fresno State game, but 
my buddy Handel, and I think he's, he was here a minute ago. I saw, I peeked over to the margin, but he said, Have we, did we learn anything from the Fresno State game? And I said, absolutely not a thing. So I thought for sure I was going to come down and score, truth be told, uh, and I was wrong. And it, I was wrong because Scorton shot that uh, shot that. I don't know if it's a gap. He just kept going, made the play, blew that thing up, took every option away for uh, Sorsby. Sur- Sur- Is that right? Yeah, Sorsby. He had kind of a rough day, by the way. He, um, he had some good things. I used quarterback Brendan Sorsby. But he had three interceptions. I think he had a fumble. Yep, lost a fumble. So, yeah, tough game. But he was, he was a tough game because of Scorton, uh, Jenkins, and I will say there was another guy in there that was impressing me. Let's see if I can find him in here. Uh, Clyde Washington a couple times was good. Um, Jenkins finished with six tackles. Uh, he had one for a loss. Zion Steptoe. I'm glad I did have that first name right. Zion Steptoe. Five tackles. couple passes defended. Looks good. Looks good. Um, Yanni Loftus Again, a guy that I think next year is going to be really good. I think he has a lot to build on now. I think he should feel confident, ready to go into the offseason because he's proven that he belongs there. I'm excited to see him with a couple extra pounds on him, a little stronger. Uh, Marquidius Brown had a, had four tackles, had a couple passes defended. He was out of position a couple times on uh, some some deep stuff, but uh, no no major major errors out there. The corners were struggling, I'd say, a lot more than the safeties. Uh, Sanusi Kane had a good day. Let's see, he had three tackles. Um, and he looked great in that linebacker kind of, you know, safety linebacker hybrid role all season. Found like that was his place to be. Cam Allen only had one tackle, but he had that ridiculous, ridiculous interception. And that's worth something to me. So, like I said, Purdue finished the season four and eight. We're going to talk about it on Monday, the handsome hour at 9 p.m couple days from now hope you can join us i'm gonna look i appreciate the people that are here and i want to read what they have to say uh kilo mike kilo uh boiler up hammer down um ted berkey ugly win but we kept true two trophies this year yeah and coach walters talked about the importance of of keeping two trophies even if one is a tiny 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 toy cannon um and then the other one is an old bucket but still we like those trophies. Let's keep them in the case. Ava Helvey, how are you? Uh, ben Carnahan, choo-choo mothers. Yep. Uh, we're working a little bit on uh, some things. By the way, if you're into it, uh, we have the November Champs design sticker is up on the Boiler D uh, store in Redbubble if you want to check it out. I did not link it in the bio. I apologize. But if you've ever been on Redbubble, you can get one of those. If you think it's silly and you're okay with leaning into it like we were on the, are on the basketball side, you can check that out. Um, Sophia Helvey, the other, the other uh, side of Ava there. Uh, I know, Ava, you were actually there. I know, I said that. I knew that already. Your dad and I talked. Anyway, Handel Jones, uh, kudos to the players for playing out the whole season. Kudos to the fans for showing up for this game. Kudos to Hudson Card for just being a soldier and delivering a victory. Well put. You could, that's my whole that's my whole post game right there. Handel just did it in a lot quicker fashion than I did. Well done, Handel. Chris R says boiler up next year. We will still have the murderers row of a schedule. Absolutely. But the reinforcements are coming. I believe that's true. And I think if you listen to Coach Walter's post game comments, it sounds like he's not gonna celebrate really at all. He's just gonna get out and start working the uh, portal um, and recruiting. He's going to make sure Purdue gets some guys in there. He said he doesn't want to be home for the holidays. He wants to go to Bull. He doesn't think this is acceptable. He doesn't think it's good, which is awesome. 
Um, and um, he knows he's got his work cut out. He's also doing some some fundraising. If you guys are big into the um, NIL stuff, check out the collective. I know they're they're trying to get money um, to bolster that. Mark Garrity says, "I'm always happy when I don't have to go." into Christmas season and eat crow with my <laughs> IU fan extended family members. Yeah, the little stuff matters, Mark. I'm with you. I just was at a party with a bunch of uh, my wife's side of the family, bunch of IU alums, good people. Um, none of us were too dug in. and uh, but, but yeah, just a little, just saying, yeah, we're better than you. Yeah, I think that matters. And I'm hoping we get to say it sometime, a couple times in basketball season, and I think we will. Um, yeah, IU is going to be, they are a different team if you've been watching basketball, and it's not for the better. So I hope that, that trend continues too. Uh, Jeff says, if Card had played last week, would they have won? Yeah, probably. I think Northwestern, if you watch them play Illinois today, uh, they're a, we know they're a flawed team. We watched it. Northwestern, IU, Purdue, Minnesota, Illinois. I'm trying to think of another one. There's a Michigan State. There are a lot of teams in the Big Ten that just aren't very good this year, right? They're all kind of uh, – they're not dumpster fires, right? That's the thing. They're not. They're just not very good. They're kind of middling good. And so they can all kind of beat up on each other. But Northwestern, you know what they did? They made plays when they needed to. They played some inspired football for like two, three weeks where they beat some teams that you said, no way they can beat them. But they did it. Yeah, Purdue – Probably should have beaten Northwestern. I think Purdue still, in hindsight, probably should have beaten Iowa. Like, when I look back, and I know Iowa's record's good. I'm just saying, when I look at those two games, and there's another one I'm missing. Oh, well, Fresno State maybe could have beaten Fresno State, right? I mean, like, there's there's a couple games like that this year. I'm not going to say that Purdue's a seven-win team because of that. No, they're a four-win team. They're exactly what they ended up. But there are probably some teams that they should have won, could have won, they didn't. Doesn't matter. Couldn't execute when they needed to. Ted Berkey again says, the card was heroic uh, today since he won with a bad rib. Yeah, incredible. If you think about what he was working with, and you said the receivers as well, that's a bandage group together. They had tight ends playing wide receivers, and um, it's a tough, that's a tough, uh, that's a tough thing to ask a guy to do. Um, I think, I will say, I think IU ran the RPO much better than Card did. I think Card will get better at that. I think Sorbsy, Sorsby, Sorsby, sorry. I think he's a freshman or sophomore. I think he's young. So he played it pretty well. I mean, but it's the thing my brother said years ago, and I think it's a brilliant adage that uh, young teams tend to stay young, or bad teams tend to stay young. Good teams seem like, oh my gosh, that guy's still here, right? I mean, we can we can definitely relate in basketball, and we can relate if you don't have to go too far back in football, where you're like guys like Rondell Moore, right away when they get on the field, you're like, crap, he's a freshman, and then he's there for a couple years. Too bad that that career was short. George Karloftis' career was short. David Bell's career was short. Those things frustrate me because I'm like, dang man, I want them in Purdue uniforms as long as I can because those Saturdays are fun, right? So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully seeing them in. Um, Hopefully he is every bit of the player next year, if not takes that next step. That's a guy that he and Scorton, um, and I don't know, Jenkins I think can come back, but I don't know, I think some people think he'll, uh, he has some pretty high NFL upside. But man, there's some guys that I'm like, man, I want to see these guys for a while. So then there's some other guys you like, uh, like Yassine. Do you think we've seen his, our la- the last down of Yassine as a football player in Purdue? I kind of feel like we have. I hope not just because he was so solid for that two, three games where he was healthy. But 
the recurring issues he's got. I hope they can do something, alleviate the pain. I think it's in his knees, I believe. Maybe you guys can tell me in the comments. Um, let's see. Motor Center Boiler, BTFU. Yep. Um, Ron Gable, <clears throat> who was in my seating block. Credible crowd today. He was part of it. Deserves a little tip of the cap for that. Adam, Purdue, class of 95. Kept thinking of your special teams coaching concerns all game. Yeah. Uh, hey, coach, hire a special teams coordinator. Oh, my gosh. How much of a difference did that make today? And we talked about this over, uh, over an early dinner. The Boiled Sports Crew did. If you have a special teams coordinator, maybe you don't get that stupid five-yard penalty. Is that in the third or fourth? I think it's third quarter. On the other side of the field, you're not going to block the damn punt. Just wait till the ball moves. I mean, this stuff's basic stuff, but let's get a special teams coordinator in it. Virginia Tech, with Frank Beamer as the head coach, made absolute hay because they had special teams that were good. Special teams matter. They shouldn't be discounted. And the fact that Purdue doesn't have a coordinator over there, like I said, let's go get Dino Babers, hire him as a consultant or whatever, and maybe he can just whip the special teams into, into shape. And maybe he can say, what do you want, Dino? What type of job do you want? Do you want to go out and recruit? Do you still feel like that's what you want to do? Do you want to take it easy? Do you want to be more of a contractor type of role? What do you want? But let's see if we can get him in a role where he can really train up some of these guys. He is a good veteran coach. I'm a big fan of Dino Babers. I'd love to see Dino Babers back at Purdue. I'd love to see a special teams coordinator. That, to me, should be the first hire that Coach Walters makes. Again, gosh. I mean, two field goals, I think, were missed early in the game. The punting game is a mess. Uh, I mean, I, I love the punter. I think he's a great guy. I think he's he's entertaining guy. Seems like a nice person. But he averaged 38 yards a punt. I mean, Somebody can bang that ball. And if you want to bring him in for placement, fine. I think he's got another year or two of eligibility if he wants to. He's going to be old by the time he graduates, by the way. But need a special teams coordinator. Okay. Uh, David Budnick says, who can we lose to the portal? Who can we lose to the portal? What do you mean? Who can we afford to lose to the portal? I don't know. I'd rather not lose anybody. We already got Sheffield. He's gone. So... There, there will be a, there will be guys that leave. There always are in every program. That's the nature of college sports right now. But, but who can we afford to lose? I don't know. I don't want to. If I could think, maybe we'll talk about that on the uh, on the handsome hour. I'm gonna say the Hudson hour. It's great on the handsome hour a little bit. Um, let's see. Andy in Colorado says uh, cracked ribs hurts for weeks and weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, you're right, Andy. It's awful. Can you imagine trying to throw a football at that twisting motion or trying to av avoid a defensive end trying to kill you? It's incredible. Incredible. What what Card did today, it's I don't, you know, it's it's a tough thing to to overbuild the bravery or whatever the macho factor because I mean, I, I these what these guys are doing every week is pretty crazy, right? You got Dudes coming after you that are huge and they don't like you and they want to hit you hard, right? Next part is when you're injured. That's pretty amazing. Robert Marv years ago had one of the most heroic games. I think it was the bucket, right? Tell me if I'm wrong. Running around on a bum ACL. I think he did it for two games, if I remember correctly. Maybe three. Maybe three games. Ridiculous, right? We've seen a couple of these things. That's wild. But what Hudson Card, he should be right up there with Marv in that way. That is, that's tough. That is a tough, tough 
I just saw, by the way, if you guys didn't watch the Louisville and Kentucky game, uh, Jack Plummer ended that game uh, with a interception in the end zone. Ex-Purdue quarterback, snack time. That's what we call him right here, Jack the Snack. Ended with an interception in the end zone. So, uh, let's see. Uh, Adam, Purdue Class 95, again, says young tight ends were fun to watch overall. I'm looking forward to the next season with new recruits coming in. There's going to be a lot of youth around. Hopefully, they're youth that can be impactful. It's asking a lot for a freshman to come in and be Dylan Thieneman. In fact, it's really a much more normal thing to have a guy be like Yanni Karloftis, where it takes a year or two years, right? to get to the point where you're like, yeah, I'm ready for the field, especially if you're in one of those positions where you're in the trenches, you're dealing with the garbage. Nick Scorton is a guy that I think is a, that was a good freshman campaign he had last year, but it wasn't instant impact. It wasn't like right away. You're like, wow, who's that guy? Um, Will, uh, Will Helt this year, number 15, freshman defensive end. That's a good freshman campaign. What he had this year, that was pretty good. Zion Steptoe's a red shirt freshman. Pretty good. He found us, he found a role. Um, I think he would love, would love to stay on the wide receiver end, but they needed him on the defensive backside. Um, but those guys making impact all over the field, I'm trying to think of another. These tight ends having a couple games, the last, last couple games, you know, doing some things, it's good. Good to see. Uh, John Byer says, uh, ankle, I think. Okay, ankle, I think. Came in with a boot in the second half, and I believe you're talking about Garrett Miller. Thank you. I couldn't see from the stands. I know they brought that big air cast thing in. where They immobilize. The uh, I immobilized the leg, and guys, you know, were gathering around him. Ankle is okay, and I think Miller at least has one more year he can come back to Purdue if he wants to. I hope he does, um, because I don't think we ever saw Miller uh, really doing what he's capable of doing. I think he's a pretty special, talented kid. That said, I want the best attitude version of Garrett Miller, and I don't mean to sound like a jerk, but I can tell you when when I saw him in camp and he didn't really looked like he was ready to go, like like excited to go is what I mean. I didn't like that because I'm like, man, this is a hard game. You can't do it halfway. You can't. You can't. Even if you're really athletic, you can't. So um, Zachary Young says, what jersey is that shirt? Thank you for asking. This jersey, this jersey is a uh, Bob Greasy retro jersey. If you remember back when Curtis Painter was playing, Purdue wore these jerseys, this design, uh, for one game to pay homage to the 1967 team. So that must have been, is that 2017? No, I, I, boy, I'm all out of whack. Is that, I don't really don't have any idea. I'm so bad with time. I have to have something else. I would think that would make sense, <coughs> 2016, because of the season. But they, these jerseys were for, on sale after that season. So I got actually a number 12, which is really cool. Um, and uh, Painter wore the 12, remember? Um, I always felt lousy because I was like, man, this is, this is for me, this is a Bob Greasy jersey. It's not really a Curtis Painter jersey. No disrespect to Curtis, but Bob Greasy is up there in the, the truly great echelon of Purdue players. So this is a, this is a Greasy jersey. So, and it's, it's not like a Chinese one. This is a, this is a Nike jersey that I bought at retail. I got a great deal on it, though, a long time ago, but it's a killer jersey. Thank you for asking. Um, uh, ancient astronaut boiler up, uh, Harsha, uh, rag, sorry, uh, Ranganath. Uh, was anyone else happy to see Louisville lose? Maybe I'm just a hater. Not that it matters since they are still in, uh, in CCG. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if you've heard me say this, uh, Harsha. Um, 
I really was happy to see them lose. And I, I, I know, I mean, I met Jack Plummer multiple times. He's a very nice guy. When Jack decided to go to Cal, I was like, good luck. Go get him, brother. Hope it's great out there. When he moved to Louisville, I was like, eh, come on, man. Your career is a long time, and now you're coming back and reunited with Jeff Brown. Jeffrey and you doing your thing. And then Jeff took a couple players that Purdue really could have used. I don't, I mean, I'm not like uh, like saying I'm not a hater, I, whatever. I, I do not want to see Louisville win a lot of games. They won way too many for me. I'll be real honest. I can just let everybody hear that. Um, yeah, 10 wins, seeing Brom win 10 wins. The big thing is the ACC is weak. Let's be really honest about it, right? You don't have to do what you do in the Big Ten. Even the big, if you're a Big Ten West team, ACC is still weak. It, we can say that with absolute confidence. That confidence, that conference is not strong. So he got his ten wins. Uh, them losing to Kentucky, I think, proves out the point that you know a lower division SEC team beats the best team in the ACC. Um, Jack Plummer throwing an interception at the end. I mean, I don't like. I said I don't wish anything on Jack. I like Jack. Nice guy. Seems like a good dude. But. Yeah, it's time to hang it up, man. I mean, he, good for him. Good for him. He's got a long career. Good for him. But I, I just, I'm not rooting for him. Hell no. Maybe I went too far there. Sorry, Harsha. Jack O'Lantern, 22. Uh, Curtis Painter was not playing in 2017. Damn it. See, this is the thing. I don't know how old I am. I don't know what year it was. So let's, that was it. What, what year was it? Smart guy? Seriously, 20 Yeah, it was Painter right after. Dang, nab, I am old. So it probably would be 2006, 2011? 2011, how about that, Jay? 2007. Gosh darn it, man. I don't know. Listen, it's a really hard job, and I don't see you in this chair, Jay. That Jack-O-Lantern 22 is Jay Money, by the way, and we had an excellent time today. Jay, Jay Money Jr., great to see him, but now he's going to come and bring this harshness to me, all this bad vibes, bro. That ain't cool. Uh, 67, 2007, 40 years. Sure, that's probably it. Could have been 45 years. Could have been any common, but it was, we know it was Curtis Painter and that we could find out in like a second. The internet's a wonderful, wonderful thing. My brain, my memory is not. Um, and so, yeah, Ted Painter. Oh, Ted Berkey says Painter uh, for painting a masterpiece in 2008 for Heisman. So this was 2007. There you go. The jersey was from 2007. I'm only 10 years off, okay? Damn it, give me a break. God, it's hard over here. Um, yeah, it, you're right, Jay. It's the mac and cheese bites playing with my head. It played with my heart, too, in a lot of ways, both literally and figuratively. So, um, Pignola Photography, 2006 versus Indiana State. Goodness gracious, you're a genius, Dave. Dave Weigle, Weigel, Weigel. I, I am so bad. You give me so many challenges, you guys, and I think I'm handling them stride. But uh, 2006 for Indiana State, of course he remembers. He's a genius. He was there probably on the field shooting that game. It's probably a great, great shot of him, of Painter in this jersey taken by Dave. Um, John Faker, the internet was made for proving your dad wrong. Well, this is what my son does. He's not, I don't know where he is right now. He's not helping me. He's not here next to, next to me. But yeah, he proves me wrong all the time. But he, his memory is incredible. It's the other thing, LBD, I don't know if I've touched on this enough, but that guy... He's a lot smarter than his dad, and he wouldn't have any problem telling me I was wrong, just like Jay. That's what people do to me all day long. All I do is love people, and then I get that. Finally, Andy in Colorado says, Curtis Painter backed up Peyton Manning in the year the Colts started 14-0. Yeah, so, yeah, this, is, this all becomes really a lot, very obvious that I was a decade off 
when you guys start saying things like that. So one quick note, if you like the, not that, not this glass, because these are gone. But if you like the steel, the aluminum mugs, pardon me, aluminum insulated mugs from Boiled Sports, Jay has found a special stash. I think there's another 15 of them, something like that. If you wanted to buy one, you went in there and they were sold out. I think they're back in the store. So if you want to get one or two or three for Christmas, great stocking stuffer. Let me just say something. We don't make really any money on this stuff. Um, be, probably because we're not very good at negotiating prices on the front end. But uh, if you like this stuff, go get it and get it while it's there because it probably won't be there very long. And we're excited that we found a little golden trove in uh, Jay's big prize bin of a basement where he keeps all the stuff and he fulfills orders. He does everything. He's like Superman. Um, let's see. Nathan Anderson says, full steam for the basketball season now. Load up. Hammer down. I'm in. Why not, Nate? Let's go. I'm in. I'm excited about basketball. I don't know what to do with my emotions with basketball, I'll be real honest, like because I get way too excited. And the fact that we've got a long way to go till the postseason, but here's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. It's my pledge to you. I'm going to try to enjoy every game for what it is, and then we'll just take it from there. How about that? And I don't know if I can do that very much. I don't know if I'll just be perpetually pissed off like I was during the, the uh, Feast Week games. I, I don't know. Like, when I say perpetually pissed off, like, I watch those games kind of on edge, which is dumb. Um, I wasn't really too edgy. Uh, actually, the weirdly enough, Marquette game, I was at peace with that for some reason. I was like, you know what? Win or lose, you, you're in a good place. You, you learn some things. You got some takeaways. So, well, that was a pretty good place at that. But there's a lot of games. Xavier game in person. I got a little frustrated at times. Uh, Tennessee game, I was way too wound up. Gonzaga, I hate Gonzaga. Like, you heard me talk about so yeah i'm excited about basketball and i'm excited that you were here and you stuck it through the whole uh 41 minutes the very very quick post game for my thoughts thanks for being here uh hopefully you tune in to the uh handsome hour at 9 p.m on monday eastern time uh we'll be there bringing our AM game, a game which may not be good enough for you but it's it's what we can do god bless you hammer down talk to you soon see ya